Hello, this is the Ripple Effect Podcast, Making Waves, and I'm here with uh, Representative Carla Lems, and we're at the coffee shop. Welcome, Carla. Thank you. It's a little noisier, but I think we can get through this. So, you're a uh, first-term legislator. Yes, first term, and just have tried to hit the ground running and keep my head above water. That's what I've heard. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to talk about several things here. Uh, let's uh, start, jump right in with uh, 1133. That's the eminent domain the eminent domain issue that you've been working on. So yes. how's that going? Yeah, you know, it's it's going, um, well, it's actually dead in the water right now in South Dakota, but uh, we gave it a good fight. And I, I will tell you, I have never been more proud to work with a group of people than I was um, to represent the landowners across the state in this effort. And we are continuing to uh, fight the fight at the county level, planning and zoning. Um, so we're just we're trying to get something in place to protect landowners from companies that try to come in and use eminent domain for something that we do not deem as for the public use. So explain that for our listeners just a little bit. So sure. this is about the carbon pipeline. Yes. So there are two pipelines right now in South Dakota. Summit Carbon Solutions is one of the companies and Navigator is the other. And what they are trying to do is um, work with ethanol companies to capture carbon that goes out into the atmosphere and to um, grab that, if you will, and put it into a liquefied form into a pipeline. And Summit would be taking that carbon. um, It's actually super critical, um, pressurized carbon at high pressures and would pipe it into the ground up up to North Dakota and would sequester it underground. And navigators actually would go to Illinois. So they are trying to reduce the carbon footprint, if you will. Um, You know, this is all in there with the Paris Climate Agreement and all of this stuff. And so that's what their end goal is. And they are also getting federal tax credits to do this, 45Q tax credits, so they would be paid for this process to store this carbon. Um, However, landowners do not feel that this is a use for eminent domain. And so that's the argument right now. Is this really, because right now, anything that is deemed a commodity that is carried by a common carrier, those companies could use eminent domain in this process. So that is the, you know, the whole argument. They say that this is a commodity that they're going to be taking, and the landowners are saying, no, this is not a commodity. So this is not something that would be sold to consumers. This is uh, right. done for tax credits. Yes, and it would be permanently sequestered. That's one of the that's one of the um, things that they have to do to get the 45Q tax credit. So, so theoretically, if the government would stop uh, offering tax credits, the current pipeline, the use of it would just go away. It yes, would, it would. It wouldn't. It wouldn't, wouldn't Right. It wouldn't make sense to do it. So this is a, you know, it's a multi-state fight right now. We have legislation that's going on in Iowa as we speak. Um, House Speaker Pat Grassley has been involved in that fight. And North Dakota has had legislation as well. So, you know, this is a very big issue. And really, it kind of dovetails off of the Supreme Court hearing um, several years back. I believe it was 2005 that they came down with that ruling of Kilo versus the town of New London. So basically for economic development, that a company, and at the time it was Pfizer, could come in and take property for economic development, if you will. And this kind of dovetails off of that. 
And so um, way back in South Dakota, actually, Lieutenant Governor Rodin at the time, he was a legislator and brought legislation for eminent domain purposes, um, but it didn't cover this. So, so you know, we're trying to just define it. We need better definition in the state of South Dakota for what eminent domain can be used for. And um, that's what we're trying to really get to with what the bill was that I brought, and there were several other bills as well. Um, none of them made it, you know, we made it through the House with my bills, and and the Senate, it, it died in Senate committee. But I will tell you, we had landowners from all across the state show up. People are very concerned about this issue, and I'm just hoping that we can get something done in one of these states so that we can bring clarity. And I will just add that um, the talking points out there from some of the ethanol companies um, are, are that landowners, farmers that are against this are against ethanol, and that is just simply not the case. And I will speak for myself as well. We support ethanol and the ethanol industry, but we just want to have def better definition of who can use eminent domain for these projects. It seems to me that at least some of these uh, landowners, farmers who oppose this pipeline are actually investors in ethanol. Absolutely, yes. And I mean, I will say, from my own family's standpoint, we have some investment still in one of the ethanol companies. And so, you know, it's just a, it's just a false narrative that that's really the case. It's, it's not true. So the bills are dead in the legislature this year, but you're planning on bringing bills again next year. I, I don't know where we're going to be in the process at that point, but I, I, whether, whether this particular project goes through or not, I still think we need to deal with this issue. So yes, in some way, shape, or form, I think we're going to have to have further legislation to define this. But the uh, issues going on still at the county level, county commissioners. Et yes, I know that Lincoln County, and specifically, just um, passed a, an ordinance, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't there, but from what I hear, it was unanimous decision. So now that will go to the county commission level, and they're going to be dealing with it there. So, and I know this is going on in in many counties around our state, and again, as I said, in other states as well. All right. Well, moving on to the next issue, uh, HB 1193. That's still ongoing in the legislature, correct? Yes. Now that is about trying uh, uh, money. Yes. So what what happened with that? And again. I'm on a whole learning curve here myself, but it was basically an update to the UCC, the Uniform Commercial Code, that I guess occasionally we do this in, in our states and we update this code so that basically we have the same rules across state lines, you know, for money, for exchange of money. So in this particular bill, and every year I'm told that this has been brought, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. There's more rules, more regulations, all of these things. So this year, um, there was in when the House committee heard it. I know that Representative Scott Odenbach brought up some concerns from what he had seen at a quick glance because they were told, "Just go ahead and pass this. You don't even need to read it." Where have we heard that? That's before? a red flag right there. So um, he had raised some flags in the committee, but it did pass out of the committee. So we saw it on the House floor, and those of us on the floor that were somewhat aware, but again, had not really vetted this ourselves, but had some concerns with early things that we had heard and seen, were not comfortable enough to vote yes on this. So many of us voted no, but it still passed out of the House. So then, it, of course, it made its way over to the Senate, and now it has passed out of the Senate. Our concern at the end of the day is it talks about um, 
controllable electronic money in this bill. Well, for those of you that have paid attention, um, CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, is something like Bitcoin. That is, you know, it's electronic. It's electronic money, basically, and is tradable. But this would lay the groundwork for a central bank digital currency, which would be to, which would be controlled by the central banks, and actually, it would exclude monies that are not in that same category. So those of you that hold, you know, cryptocurrency or those kinds of things at that point when this, now this bill doesn't do that, but it lays the foundation for that to happen. So that is the big concern. And I know we've had, you know, various people came in and testified. I wasn't, I did go to the Senate committee hearing on it and um, very interesting testimony on both sides. Um, so, but a lot of concern and it's really getting a lot of traction even nationally. And I will say it, this is right now being looked at in 20, 21 state legislatures are looking at the same thing. Of course, South Dakota is quite unique because what do we have here? We have Citibank, we have all of these banks. And if we can get it passed in South Dakota, a red state, I could just see this flying through those other state legislatures. So it's really something I think we need to take a pause on and we really need to talk about this before this goes through. So I know the governor's office has been talked about and there is some talk um, discussion about a veto. I'm not putting words in her mouth, but I'm just saying I know that the discussion is out there. So I would encourage any listener, if you have concerns about this, to contact the governor's office, and I would I would urge a veto. The price of liberty is eternal vigilance. So something sounds like a subject we need to discuss and yes, learn more about. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so in this segment, let's, let's uh, talk a little bit about HB 180 or 1180. Yes. So um, that was the bill that basically made it illegal to do. Um, you know, on minors, trans, these trans surgeries um, or, or giving puberty blockers and these kinds of things for children under the age of 18 years old. And, you know, very a lot of controversy on this issue. Um, obviously, some of our hospital systems make a lot of money doing these kinds of procedures on, on kids. And so and I know when people have contacted me about it, I said, you know what, I will always vote to protect children. And actually, uh, Representative Bethany Soy is the one that brought HB 1080, and she she gave her testimony about um, when she was a child, she wanted to be a boy. And she's like, I dress like a boy, I wanted my hair, you know, everything. I wanted to be a boy. She's like, now I am a young woman, I have one child expecting my second, and I love being a woman. So, you know, let's take a, a pause again on some of these things that we are trying to push on kids. Um, things, you know, we all have gone through different things when we are young that I, I would guess that even Dave, if I asked you today, um, you know, how you felt about yourself when you were 13 is probably a lot different than how you it's are today. growing up. Yes. So um, let's let kids grow up and sort through all these feelings that come, you know, through those years. And when you're 18, you know, that's a different story. Then you're an adult, make your own decisions, but let's protect kids. This is one of those issues where the language being used by both sides is very interesting. It's obvious that they're trying to avoid um, 
talking about what's actually being done to children. Yes. You know, I, I, I'll be blunt about this. This is the sexual mutilation of children. Absolutely. And uh, they talk about gender-free care and how they want to help people. I don't think they really are. It's, these, these children need to grow up before right. they make those decisions. When they're 18, they can make their own decisions. Yes. But that's another matter. Yeah, and, and the hospital systems that are promoting some of these things, they have lifelong customers they once they get money. Yes. This, that's is, what this is all about. This is all about follow the money. Vanderbilt University is talking about that quite explicitly, is that there's a lot of money made here, and that's why they do it. Absolutely, yes. Well, uh, this is a very interesting segment. I think we'll uh, do some more pretty soon, okay. so thank you very much. So we'll uh, move on to the next segment pretty soon. Thank you all for right. listening. Thank you. Thank you.